peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast. So I had to throw the intro in there, but it doesn't really matter. Hey guys, welcome back to another show. Today we have a really good one. I think it's more of just a conversation due to a curveball that has been thrown into my life just uh, just recently. Uh, and and Matt insisted on recording, talking about how like I'm approaching this. And if it wasn't sure if we're going to po- uh, post it or not. So if you do hear this on the Softly Performance podcast, we posted it. Um, yeah, it means I've got my own way, essentially. <laughs> straight up, Matt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess we can open the doors with saying, I got invited to run the recon challenge um, with a with a brother, a, a recon brother of mine who asked me, and it really wasn't even an ask. It was more of a, hey, you're running the challenge. You got the clear hot already. It took me about three days to really kind of let it think that sink in because there was like, I can't say no to there's no there's no way to say no. It was kind of like, oh, shit. Um, and like my last big effort in the mountains, you know, was a was in November. And then I had another 24 hour bike assault challenge. Um, for New Year's, and I haven't done really much big endurance stuff since then, to be completely honest. I've been doing sure. nothing but, you know, January was a wash. I kind of just did some stuff here and there. February, I started kind of getting back into doing more strength work. I went out for a couple of hikes here and there. Nothing nothing serious, you know? Like, I think we're... Just casually training for an Olympic weightlifting competition. And, no, you not even not even that way yet. Like, that wasn't <laughs> even the idea yet. It was more of just kind oh, of like... Okay. I was just training like February was just kind of like, I'm just kind of training. I was really busy with school, busy with work, um, busy with life. So it was like an adult. Yeah, Yeah, literally that's kind of what it was. So like my training can kind of just supported my lifestyle. So I trained two to three times a week, Um, you know, and and March comes around. I start kind of getting more of the itch to get back into like lifting some more weights, getting strong again, just because to be completely honest, I, I lost a lot of strength um, going towards the the other side of the spectrum for endurance, especially running, you know, 100 mile races. And then last year, you know, I didn't race much last year, but man, I'll tell you what, I was putting in during the summer, I was putting in some big weekends just for fun, just because sure. again, I was just loving the mountains. Like, I mean, I can go out in 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 the mountains here for five to six hours and not even see half of what the Wasatch Mountains have to give you, right? So. I, I spent a lot of time out there during the summer doing that, but just more power hiking because there's a lot of climbing in the mm-hmm. mountains. So, yeah, long story, bringing it back. So now, you know, back here in March, and I started training for a weightlifting meet, like Matt said. <laughs> I was like, you know, I kind of want to get strong again, you know, and I'm going to kind of ease back on the endurance a little bit. So I thought. Um, and, and again, too, though, but like I, I believe that you can't just do one thing in life, right? Like especially when it comes to fitness, I really believe that, you know, you'd have to have this. And this is something that I kind of came up with last week. I don't know if I shared it with you, Matt, but instead of being like bi-directional or unidirectional, start to become more of an omnidirectional human being. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we, we generally like in, in terms of kind of capacity and stuff, particularly with our community, you can't live in that. You can't be a specialist. You can't kind of live in that, that niche. Almost. Yeah. And, and the cool thing, though, is like, you know, being being an omnidirectional type of human being, it allows you to then actually become bidirectional or unidirectional when needed. And then you and understanding sure. that you have the capability to be such a multifaceted human being, I guess you can say at the end of the day. Right. Just another word yeah, yeah. for saying that. And 
March came around and I still kind of, I started swimming a little bit more. I was swimming in the pool once a week. I started uh, hiking a little bit more. I was like doing like easy three mile runs, nothing crazy in March. It was like once a week. And I think the rotation for me, it was, um, it would go gym, right? Strength work with some like high anaerobic intensity stuff and some plyometrics blended in with all of that. Remember we would talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day I would, it was most of the time I'd like rest or go for a walk or do yoga. And then the next day mm -hmm. I was, you know, in the gym again. And this time it was a little bit more strength work, more like weightlifting. I started snatching, cleaning, like power cleaning some, started doing more like zercher squats and lunges and just a lot of like just overall absolute strength work, a lot of strongman type stuff. Yeah. And I would blend those days with just an easy like flow session day. And the cool thing though is like for me, like my training sessions are like really focused on get in and get out, right? Like once yeah, I get into that yeah, gym, I don't stop moving. And that's something that I do with the gym that I get to train out here is I put earphones in and I just flow. So it's kind of already like I keep in this low aerobic effort state while I'm going through all my strength sessions with, mm -hmm. with fluctuations in heart rate because of the session of the work that I'm doing or whatever else. But realistically, I'm doing a 60 minute math aerobic function session <laughs> yeah, blended yeah. in with strength work, right? With high intensity yeah. spouts here and there. Um, I guess that's that's kind of almost necessity with like you were saying before about being an actual adult now. Like no longer have you got three or four hours straight of just kind of no getting everything done. You know, you, you're like the time's really or, precious. Or the opposite of that. And I heard this on a podcast yesterday, because a lot of people look at like long endurance as like something that really hurts. But what a lot of people forget about is this idea of that two minute mark all the way up to that ten minute mark. And if you look at a lot of what people train today is that two to ten minute mark. And those are very painful, high CNS demanding types, like efforts, especially if you're doing true two minute efforts for like three, four, yeah, like yeah. up there. And we can go look and take track athletes. And we ask them to mm -hmm. talk about running an 800 meter sprint, you know, at the collegiate level, we're looking at two minute efforts. Am I wrong or right? Like that's the truth. Yeah. You may even look quicker. A little bit yeah. quicker than that, right? If that's someone's mm -hmm. holding a 460 second, 400, that's two minutes. Like those hurt. And it's kind of one of those things, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know that, um, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever gone that hard for two minutes. I, maybe I have, I don't know who knows, but like, what yeah, do we yeah. see now in the functional fitness world with a lot of like what CrossFit is? And especially right now, like there's been a low in the past year with like functional fitness competitions and everything. All of a sudden 2021 comes around, we're out of this low and it's like CrossFit's rebooming all over again. If you think about it, mm. which is really yeah, cool. Yeah. But I think at the same time, it highlights as well is that, you know, for me, what I see is it, what it highlights is this idea of, you know, it's no longer just about those two minutes and 10 minute efforts anymore, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's no longer about that. It's no longer just about being strong. It's no longer about being really good at gymnastics. It's not longer about any of these things. It's a, it's a mixture of all those, but you still have to approach it from individual um, categories to improve on each one before you can integrate them, right? It goes back to this yeah, whole yeah. idea of, of, you know, literacy of fitness maybe is one of maybe I want to create now, right? Mm -hmm. Where we isolate yeah. specific things in fitness for us and then we can start integrating and then we can innovate, right? And I think that's kind yeah. of the phase I'm in now today is like, you know, after doing this for 12 years, you know, the ultra endurance world for going on for four years, weightlifting, I was doing that for, you know, three and a half, four years. I did tactical professional for four years and mixed in with that was a mix of CrossFit and doing those kinds of things, you know? And it's like, when I look at that, it's like, okay, cool. I'm now at that point going into this new phase of like now training for this recon challenge, which I ran in 2012. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, George, just quick. I'm, I'm sure like guys listening will be all over it, but just for those who, like me, maybe aren't so familiar with it. Yeah. Can you just kind of give us a brief rundown? Of yeah, like, so... What a challenging tale. Yeah, we kind of just, like. we dove straight into this just because Matt's like wants to talk about this. So I'm like, all right, so here we go. So much excitement. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the Recon Challenge is a, is uh, a tactical, it's, it's a Marine Corps event ran for Recon Marines. Um, and for the past 12 years, it's only been really kind of closed just to military, um, individuals last year, they had a memorial team run it from the 2010 deployment, um, from the force platoon out there. They got to run it as a big group. And that was really cool to see that in 2019, mm. it got, uh, canceled in 2020, came back this year. So this year, now the 12th year, it's their first year of allowing like civilians to run it. And it's really cool because yeah, yeah. it's not just like any civilian recon Marine. So like it's, you have to be a reconnaissance Marine. You had to like you had to follow certain prereqs, and then at the same time, um, you have to meet certain criteria, right? Like you have to be able to know that you're still an asset, and and luckily, um, I, I'm fortunate enough and grateful enough to like have individuals in the community who respect who respect me, and I respect them, and they they allow for certain <laughs> things like this to happen because um, there was no way of saying no again, going back to what the recon challenge was. So the recon challenge is. Um, pretty much it entails a open ocean fin with full combat gear. So your ruck's about 50 to 55 pounds, like full combat gear fin to 2k ocean fin. From there, you can move into depending a 23 to a 28 mile course, depending on what, um, the year is and what's going on. And sometimes the longer the course, the less vert, sometimes the shorter the course, more vert. Um, but in between that distance, you're going through different types of skills for your occupation. So, for example, like you're going to be okay. doing stuff in the pool from tying knots to doing just under like showing underwater confidence, showing those kinds of putting together machine gun underwater have been some previous um, previous. Uh, what's the word? Kind of events events challenges. and challenges that have been yeah. in there. There's been like PT ones. There's been call for fire. There's been um, live shooting events. And all these things, the O course, all of these different stuff. So all of these things are being thrown in throughout that 23 to 28 to 30 mile race, um, along with that 2K open ocean swim. So I got to run it in 2012 with a good friend of mine named Scott. And, you know, that was a fun year of training for it. I think I was just barely getting to my second year of fitness. It was kind of like I just got back from my 2010 deployment. I learned a lot about fitness during that time period and what it needed to do and like how it kind of like. What I focused on when I came back from long missions was back in the gym. I was trying to get strong. I was trying to do these things. So it supported the next portion. Again, like we talked about in the past, like I never really realized that that's what I was doing. But now when I look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, it was. So training for that was totally different. I think I was in the gym quite a bit. And it's kind of funny. I think okay. the same way I ran the challenge in 2012 is kind of the similar setup that I did for this year. But I right. didn't have a massive aerobic background like I do that I've had yeah, for the past yeah. few years. Okay. Um, so yeah, and like I've been thinking more cause I've been out there on like Saturday, I ran a three hour ruck at 55 pounds and I started thinking, I was like, man, what was the furthest that I did that I ever went with my ruck on my back training for the challenge? And I think at that time period, I think the longest I ever went was like 12 miles. Okay. Yeah. Like that's the furthest I went through that hole. And like, and I rucked once a week. Um, you know, I ran a little bit, but I was in the gym more. I was really big into CrossFit at that time. So I was using CrossFit yeah. to train for this, being strong. But I wasn't... Were you like, were you were you deliberately using the model of CrossFit to train for the recon challenge? Yes. Or were you kind of just doing CrossFit as a... No, it, that's... I, I, like it wasn't kind of 
sorry. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, I'm using CrossFit to get better for this recon challenge. And then I'm going to throw in rucking as well. Once a week, I'm going to throw in some, but I was, you know, mm -hmm. but the cool thing though, is I was already at the schoolhouse at the basic reconnaissance schoolhouse already. So I was an instructor. So I was already right. rucking. I was already swimming in the pool. So it was one of those things where like, Oh, just kind of in that environment already. Correct. So it was like, all right, cool. I just kind of did it, you know, and, and we completed it. Like we ended up taking, I believe fifth or sixth that year. Oh, nice. Um, I, I think so. I, I think we ended up like we were in eighth place for a little bit on the back end and we ended up passing a few teams and coming like fifth or sixth, I believe. But yeah, so like that was fun. But I remember how I felt the next day. Like I was pretty beat up. Like, do you like I got out of bed and like my joints hurt? Like my whole body just was like, what just happened? Um, yeah. But it was fun. It was great. I loved it. It was such an experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look back at now, it's like almost 11 years later or nine years, 10 years later, you know. I got asked to, you know, I, I didn't get asked. I got told, hey, you're running this with me. You need to get ready in the next five weeks. So it was kind of one of those yeah. things where like going fast forward through all of that, you know, where we're at today. It's like, oh, cool. You said like, I'm going to sign up for a weightlifting meet in June. I wanted to get back out and snatch. And I think like I had just snatched, like, again, my best snatch overall has been like 130. My best clean and jerk has been like 158. Um, and what kind of body weight were you? I was a hundred and I was like a hundred to like, I was between 97 to a hundred kilograms when I snatched and cleaned and jerked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now I weigh, I weigh, I'm like right at 192 now. Sure. Um, so that's what 88 and 89 kilos yeah, around there. Yeah. A little bit more manageable for being in the mountains. I yeah. I mean, well, I've lost a lot. Like at that time I didn't have aerobic base, you know, this time I do. Mm -hmm. So like I, I, you know, I started kind of moving around with the barbell lately and started doing a lot more technique work and, the week before I uh I got asked or got told I was gonna run and then got the clear hot. I had like I was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna get ready to go into like a 12 week strength cycle to get ready for this. I mean, I was gonna get after it, dude, and then like throw a little bit of endurance in, maybe just somewhat. And I'd snatched clean and jerked. I was like, all right, cool, I'm getting ready for the week. And then that Monday morning hit and it was like, oh boy. And it like kind of changed my training for that week. I was like, all right, how am I gonna approach this? Cause this is gonna happen. I'm gonna need to still and I was like, oh, but I have 12 weeks till the weightlifting meet. I have five weeks till the challenge. All right. How can I get back into this? And it's like, I've, and it's like, well, I've gotten athletes ready before for events running 70 miles in six weeks to get ready for it. And like, just as much as I told them like, Hey, this is what you have to focus on for the next five or six weeks for you to be successful. And if you're not going to focus on it, you might not have the, have that, that success rate even higher than if you were able to do it this way. And it's kind of what I've had to tell myself, um, you know, last week when I got told, you know, when I finally had the phone calls, like, yeah, you're running it, man. Like you're, yeah, it's, you're good, dude. Like we're going to see. And I'm like, oh boy. Um, <laughs> just, just to be clear, like any normal person, any other person who say that, that I know would kind of think, oh, I'm, I'm doing the recon challenge. That's, that's kind of huge. That's going to be extremely physically demanding. It's way out of the endurance end of the spectrum. Awesome. That's all I'm going to focus on. That's not George though. George is still planning through the weightlifting. Correct. After Correct. after the recon challenge. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So like what I so my strength work has been so that's another thing. So I had to like learn. I had to go ahead and approach it because I've helped other athletes do this before, right? Where they like still like to do powerlifting meets, weightlifting meets, strongman events, our functional fitness type competitions, and still go run in the mountains and do those kinds of things. I help athletes do that. Again, right? Like I can. It's like so. Why would I not do that for myself? Like I like this is like again. It's like. Again, it's going back to the idea of going pro mentality that we talked about earlier, right? Like, no, it's like I'm a very high-performing individual, not just mentally but also physically, but I have to believe that in myself but also understand like to be a high-performing individual, you also have to be able to balance out multiple different things. And then again, the whole idea of omnidirectional. 
you know, and like, and, and it's kind of now I'm back into it. Like, you know, last Wednesday was like the final, okay, cool. I kind of sat down and outlined my next five weeks of what it looked like. And it was kind of cool. I got lucky like this weekend, I get to go out to Zion and help I have a friend who's running a, a ultra marathon and I'm going to pace her the last 20 miles of her race, which I had this plan already before being asked to run the challenge. Um, so I had kind of was running a little bit already just to make sure my yeah. legs were prepped for whenever I had to jump in and help pace people at, 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 at races like that. I have somewhat of a base to handle going for fucking 20 miles. Um, so you were saying you're almost like you've kind of gone through that mentality. Now you know it's for real. Now you know it's actually happening. You've kind of dropped yourself back into that Marine Corps kind of mentality and like way of thinking. Yeah, it, just, it will. It's more of just kind of like, all right, sweet. There's a certain type of um, energy that comes around the challenge, I believe, just because it's like you bring a, a lot of A type personalities. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty niche population. Like pretty kind of... <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing if you were to go to like the best ranger challenge. I'm pretty sure there's a specific type of magic there. But for some reason, like you just get back into that environment and it's very contagious in a, in a way of like, wow, like, holy shit. And like, like we said it before the podcast started, it's like kind of like, all right, cool. I'm five weeks out from this event. I'm now training for specifically for the recon challenge. Like, and like my job now sits behind a desk, records podcasts and do all these things. I'm no longer the guy out running and gunning. So yeah, you're right. Like my lifestyle is a little bit different than me being able to train or work as a tactical professional, being an instructor or operating and stuff like that. Cause at the same time though, I also know how like, those athletes sometimes get to train for the challenge because I've coached athletes doing that as well, where it's like, no, they have a full fucking eight weeks where all that matters is training for the challenge. So it's yeah. like, cool, all you get to do is eat, sleep, and whatever else. Like, they, an athlete who I know I'm getting ready, like, you know, it's like, so at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, what do I need to do? How do we need to approach this? And and it was a conversation with, you know, with the wife of being like, all right, cool, like, hey, I need to dedicate this is what's going on. This is what we have coming up for the next month. Um, and we have a busy month yeah. coming up, dude. Like, you know, I'm traveling out this weekend to go pick the daughter up. We're going to be doing that, you know, pacing an athlete, coming back. Then we still got to train this week, you know, work, have the kiddo. Following week, she takes off. I'm going to continue training. It's just, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming on. And it's the 30th of April. So it's like, all right, I'm going to use this week as another big week. So like by the end of this month, on Sunday evening i end up having a close to eight eight hours time on feet and five thousand feet of climbing um okay and i was going to ask you what what's your like say if we if we kind of go big picture to begin before we dive into things like over the next five weeks have you got kind of key markers or metrics that you want to hit have you got a plan for what so i used like? i used uh so on thursday i did like a 90 minute max effort ruck run kind of sort of to see like where my heart rate was at what my body did um, and I ended up doing like 6.7 miles with 55 pounds on my back and like a thousand feet of climbing, um, under 90 minutes. But my max heart rate was like one fucking 60 something way up there. Uh, that would rip my legs off. Oh, dude, I, I woke up I, the next day, bro. I was fucked. I was yeah. fucked up. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I was okay, but uh, I was. <laughs> that was literally my headspace. I was like, oh my God. I was like, yep, there's my shoulders, there's my back. But at the same time, though, it's like I've carried packs, but not at 55. Like 50 pounds plus, that's a different game. Like that's a totally different ball game. Like 30, 40, 40, 42. Like once you break 50, bro, it's like, it's a, to and I, I think it's just a mental game. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But last, yeah, so like, and my, and 
rookie mistake. This is how rookie I was. I literally put a 25 pound plate in my ruck with oh, a fucking with a 25 pound <laughs> kettlebell at the bottom of my ruck. I try to like tie it up and keep everything high on the back. And all I could feel during that whole run was this like ruck being pulled down behind me as I'm trying to drive my hips forward. And like, when it might be on sale, dude, it was, it was not good. And, and so like that next morning I woke up and like, I was like, my knees hurt, dude. Like my joints hurt, like my shoulders, my, like, I was like, wow, it's been a while. Yeah. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go buy me up. I went to go buy 50 pounds of sand and like got a trash bag and made a pig egg, 50 pound pig egg, um, (laughs) where it fits in my radio pouch, my ruck. And like, yeah, dude, like, and I'm like, so that's what I've been using. And it's been night and day difference, obviously, right? Like center of gravity, yeah. body, like everything. But yeah, I ended up going out that way. So like to answer your question, <laughs> yes, there is specific markers. So it's like, okay, cool. I know that I could run this fast over this terrain at this heart rate. Um, I'm going to go ahead and keep an eye on that now. So whenever I'm out moving. So for example, uh, Thursday that happened. Friday I did an hour ruck at 55 pounds with – 800 feet of climbing in 2.3 miles and, or it was like three miles right under three miles in 60 minutes. Um, okay. and all I did was do the ruck on and put the daughter in the fucking pack and I just pushed the, the stroller, um, yeah, yeah. that easy. And then Saturday was a three hour effort out in the mountains. And I did, it was like 1700 feet of climbing three hours. It was right under like, like right under like 12, uh, right around okay. 11, I think what it was. Um, and that average heart rate was like a one. 40 something as well. Um, sure. And the pace for that was like a 1630 something. Okay. And then I went out and I ran. Yeah. yeah. And then on Sunday I did a 10 mile run. No, sorry. A two, um, a two hour run. Um, I hit right under like 10 miles and it was like an average of like a 1330 with 1800 feet of climbing. That's a big volume. Like that's like, that's, I mean, I, I was just going to say, like, again, for, for people listening, you might not be familiar. I know, know kind of in the past, George, you were saying you've been really good with, like, staying injury-free. Like, you, you don't kind of have, like, chronic knee, ankle issues, things like that. You've, you've kind of worked really hard to avoid those things. So I guess you, that, with the aerobic base, means you can kind of tolerate a bit more. Well, and actually, it's funny you say that, too. Yes, I can. But at the same time, though, my gait changes when I put the ruck on. So my right hamstring... Oh, of course, yeah. Um, I, th- I learned this early on when I was ultra running was like my right hamstring. When I get really fatigued, my right leg kind of starts doing this weird thing. Um, and I start overstriding and I, I don't notice. It. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm like doing like this proper running, but it's actually me shuffling a different way. So I started noticing okay. like the back of my hamstring uh, attachments were getting really tight to the IT band. So my knee was kind of getting a little kind of weird. Um, I ended up getting, so ended up getting that taken care of Sunday, like massage it, stretched it out. It was fine. Uh, Monday, I rested completely. And then, you know, I, I got adjusted on Tuesday, got a haircut on Tuesday, because um, the haircut's going to make me run faster. That's why. <laughs> yeah, weight loss. <laughs> down those um, But then I got a massage on, on I got a massage yesterday. Uh, oh, no, massage Tuesday, I'm sorry. So Monday, I got adjusted. And then Tuesday, I got a massage, like okay. a 75-minute like massage from like a sports will that, will that stuff kind of be reg- will that be regularly in your your training cycle yeah so yeah so those are like my big go-to so massage body work is a big go-to and and chiropractic is my big go-to for that um sure. and that's what i've found works for me 
Um, and that's kind of the way, you know, like I'll do like my own like release stuff at home with like, you know, cupping and, and flushing with my fingers and doing those things. But I usually go and get to see someone. And usually when I'm in a big peak like this, I'll try and do it like every two weeks. Um, okay. So like my next time I'll see here is like around the 19th or 20th. And yeah. that's yeah. the cool thing about that is that that week will be like a deload week. So what I'm going to do is a two week build, a small mini deload, and then a massive week taper into the race. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, cause I know like for me, like if I try and hit, I've done like trying to hit like three heavy weeks of volume and climbing, um, and my body's shot for two weeks and it doesn't recover fast enough. And it's, yeah, it's something yeah. that I've learned actually same thing, like in the strength world with weightlifters or powerlifters. And it goes the same thing, like the lighter, the athlete, the faster that they are, the more volume they can handle, the bigger, the athlete, the less volume they can handle is the way I look at that. Sure. So I look at this in the same I guess manner. that makes sense from like a kind of a, yeah, I can say, sorry, it makes sense from kind of like a, like carrying muscle mass and kind of a neuro load yep. on, on things. Yep. And even, I suppose, even down to kind of like, for, like mechanical, physical forces going through your, your joints. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, so, that's, that's cool. So I actually created, a, 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 I created not a rule, but like a, a principle for myself is like any athlete bet- uh, below 185 can push to three weeks of strong volume okay. of, of running. Right. And like, and that depends on where they're on their phase. That could be a 50 K runner or 50 miler. That can be a hundred K to a hundred mile race or even a tactical athlete now to this point. Um, and, and it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, I'm usually utilizing a two to one pendulum. So a two week build deload. And what's cool about that, that deload right after that two week is like, I don't have to have such a drastic drop as if I would yeah. after three weeks. Because you've not you're not dug so deep, or going back to kind of we always refer we always refer back to like Cellier's correct gas model. Like you're not digging as deep, so you haven't got so far to come out for super competition. Yeah, correct. So like that's the idea behind that for me when I go ahead and look at bigger athletes. So right, like I just did four days. Like and that, that week I trained. I had two strength sessions. Wednesday was a, a rest day for week one. Plus I had eight hours of time on feet. And to be completely honest, dude, six hours of that was time under rock. Two hours was yeah. just running. Yeah. So yeah, that's big. And you were saying time on feet is like a bit, it's like an important metric, isn't it? It's kind of built. Correct. Yeah. I, I look at because again, the body doesn't know miles. Only the body just knows stress, right? So like the stress that it realizes whenever it's I'm standing on my feet, pounding the ground, running or moving. Um, and again, it, it, we talked about this too. Like there's a specific type of magic that you bring um, when you or you create when you train to that you get to bring to your training race or can bring to your race, right? So like the magic is built in training and you get to use that magic at the race. Um, so it's kind of a headspace that you get into and you kind of get there. And that's kind of where it's led me to where it's like, all right, cool. Like I know I can train this way. I'm smart enough to go ahead and do these things. I need to continue being smart and being aware of like how my body I'm like eating completely different than I was before getting into this. So like my eating, I was going to ask you about some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. No, no, no. But like at the end of the day, so going back to all of it. Yeah. Like I'm having to manage my workload very smart. Right. For instance, this week, I'll probably hit about 40 miles this week, but okay. guess what? 30 of those miles is going to be not with a ruck. 10 of it would be with a ruck. So I flip-flopped okay. it. Ah, uh, right. I see. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because in the deload then- week, I will be able to go ahead and just wear the ruck for an, an hour almost every day in a small manner. So where I get now, I'm still hitting five to six hours time under ruck however I want. Or yeah, because like, again, you get what I'm saying. So it's like, all right, cool. I'm going to hit an eight hour, another nine hour, possibly this coming week 
the following week, I want to hit about five to six, maybe seven, right? And I can throw in the ruck in here, but it's not going to be like five-hour effort. It's going to be like a one hour here, one hour here, one hour here consistently. So it's kind of a cute, yeah, like a cumulative, cumulative build-up. Yep. And the, cumulative build-up. Correct. Yeah. And then that last week, you know, I'll go into where it builds to where it's like, all right, cool. I have a big time under load for two hours maybe for the ruck. Maybe a run the next day, maybe another hour ruck rest. And then I'm going to push for four to five hours with the ruck on Saturday. Okay. I'll rest. And then I'll do like an easy hike or run on Sunday, taper into the event the following weekend. Sure. Okay. So we, do you think you'll do anything? Were you, were you planning on doing any sessions that kind of like almost mimic the challenge where you swim first then? Correct. Yeah. So like that's, and yeah. it's kind of, it's, I'm not saying it's hard, but it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, okay, cool. I got to go swim. And then I have, I would have yeah, to like, like logistically, it's when just, you're not on base. correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So can I do that? Sure. I mean, but I've been pairing, you know, I'd like to pair like in the morning I might swim or run. So like, that's another, like, again, that's just the overview, right? I haven't blended like broken out the idea how I want to do my training sessions. Um, and that usually just comes by the morning when I wake up, like this morning I woke yeah. up and I was like, all right, do I want to swim? No, let's go get a strength session in. And I went to mm-hmm. like get a strength session in because it was like, all right, I need to, I need to reverse what I did with the, in, with the ruck yesterday. I need to go ahead and put some stabilization on my system from it being so just like, and I woke up, dude, honestly, I woke up at like with my HRV, like my resting heart rate was up by like three beats, but my overall Mm. HRV was up by three points. And I was actually at a parasympathetic 10, like in the middle dead on. Um, and that's been my second one in the past six, six days. Oh, nice. I I was going to kind of, yeah, I was going to ask about that stuff. Like I know you're using HRV as a, it's kind of almost, um, like a second opinion, if you like. So you wake up, see how you feel, then take HRV to kind of almost get a different perspective on on how recovered you are, what state your central nervous system's in. Have you have you found that's been useful by kind of having that? Yes, but I'm not letting it dictate my training. Of course, yeah. So I've fallen into that path in the past where I've allowed like my HRV to dictate my training. So if it said a red for the day, guess what I was doing for the day? I was resting. Yeah. Um, what I found with that is that you know, at times, whenever we do a lot of like high intensity and strength work, a lot of neurological types training to the body, it usually takes about two days for the central nervous system to really respond from that. And that's when the HRV picks it up. Um, right. So I was falling into this pattern of seeing like this red come up, I would rest, but then I was supposed to be resting the next day. And then I would have two days of rest. And I was losing actually fitness instead, because I wasn't promoting like that overreaching aspect that I needed it. And like, the coach I was under at the time knew what he was doing. I just was mm-hmm. like trying to like beat the system with the HRV and be like, well, kind of second guessing. Yeah. Hans, like you don't know what you're doing or like, Hey, like this is what it is or questioning it and everything else like that. And as I got more into HRV and learning about it and started realizing it, I was a dummy, right? I was like, no, that's not it. So now I go ahead and look at it. It's like, okay, cool. What is, Oh, I'm have a, I have a low HRV. I'm more sympathetic today. Cool. That was because two sessions ago, I or two days ago, or two, whatever sessions I had to do this. So this is the reason why it's responding. Yeah, but you can't understand the context. Correct, right? So I can still train, and maybe I might lower some intensity, you know. Mm. Um, but for example, like today, right? Like I woke up at a ten. I went to the gym, strength trained. I did, um, you know. And I'll give an insight to a training session that I did today. Um, yeah, it was you know two or three rounds of like two minutes on the bike into some like mobility flow stuff, dynamic flow stretch stuff. Um, and then from there I went into, um, you know, two rounds of like 10, uh, pin lay rows, 10 deadlifts, 10 front squats into a front rack walking carry a front rack carry single arm, uh, for two rounds. And then I went like five, three, three. So then I went 
I increased load. I went five deadlifts or five pendulum rows, five deadlifts, five front squats walk with a thing. And then I did three increased weight three. And then I moved over, did some strict press and some pull-ups. Um, and from there we moved over, I moved over to doing, um, some like glute, glute bridge with bench press, some like just, you know, challenging some dynamic neuromuscular stabilization type stuff, you know, activating the glutes while pressing or having the arms locked out with the weight overhead and doing glute marches to hamstring work to ISO quad, uh, quad leg extension holds to really focus on getting the quads and the knees and everything from all the running. Um, so I did a lot of that and then did some bodybuilding and some core work. And like, that was a fun little session for an hour that I got in and out, but it all is catered towards like my endurance stuff right now, but it's also going to yeah, cater, but it's also catered towards like the weightlifting aspect. Cause last, uh, two, uh, not this two days ago, I did snatches. I did pulls. I did overhead squats. I did a bunch of different stuff that was more, weightlifting focus to prep me for it because again when i'm done with this event i'll have eight weeks to get ready for this for this so realistically i'm just using this for a neurological to keep skill work there to work yeah. on things and all so that. you're not, not going too heavy on the on the only stuff at the moment. no i mean i think i did like five singles at like 125 kilogram back squats on tuesday like quick fast strong okay. like controlled eccentrics and then boom out of the hole really fast like you know um yeah but other than like that, you said just kind of like the, the movement pattern on that's just practicing the skill rather than correct going heavy for the sake of going heavy. Correct. And then all the accessory okay. work is focused around like supplementing like the rucking and making sure that I stay strong in those areas and like paying attention to like hamstrings and paying attention to the adductors mm -hmm. and TFLs and hip flexors and glutes and quads and shins, ankles, feet. Like it's kind of that right now for the next five weeks. And then like yeah. once I get that I can I was gonna say so the, the strength the strength training for the next five weeks is literally like is that just kind of like you said based on what you've done endurance wise it's, it's kind of it's it's kind of um almost like reactive like Correct. putting sticking plasters on oh, I, I need to do a bit more work on x yeah or it's kind of like that rather than you've got like a grand plan of what you want to achieve in the five weeks yeah i like to look at more of as a responsive mechanism instead of a reactive yeah, yeah that's a really good way of putting it um, yeah that's a really good way of putting it. yeah because it's like all right cool i'm understanding this and i'm responding in the way that i know it's like no i know what i want to do i know what i and it's like why can't i do it all you know like i've when I first got into endurance and weightlifting, I think like the heaviest I snatched was like a 245 and clean and jerked like 305. Um, okay. And then a week later, I ran a half Olympic distance triathlon. Um, again, those aren't yeah. like massive numbers or whatever else, but for someone running a triathlon, doesn't hit those numbers. And for someone hitting those numbers, doesn't always run a triathlon. So yeah. at, at that time, it was more of an ego thing at that, at that time. Now more for me, it's become more of a mastery in terms of okay. like self-improvement. And, you know, for example, like, one thing I always tell Savannah, like tell Savannah, like, you know, it's like whenever I start doing endurance stuff, I start becoming more emotional. Um, right. And, and that's been a really cool piece is that I've noticed, like, you know, I was trying to tell her, I told her yesterday is like, every time I get ready to run, I get this anxiety, which is state anxiety. I get it. And I just like, I just start self doubting myself. Like, can I do this? Like, man, this is going to suck. This is going to be painful. Like every, like I have these thoughts as well. And, you know, and, you know, yesterday was one of another one. It was like, holy fuck, I'm really doing this. Like, I'm going to be doing open ocean water fins again. It's like, but wait a minute. And then I have to tell myself, like, you you did this for fucking your, your military career. What are you fucking worried about? Right? And then, like, I get the ruck on and I get moving. And once I get into it and I've crossed the point of no return, it's just like, oh, all right, cool. Here we go. And, like, yeah, I got told Savannah yesterday. It was like, you know, in the past, I used to just go out and just want to crush myself because I just wanted to crush myself. I don't want to crush myself no more. Like I, yeah. like 
I don't want to crush myself no more. I, I want to do this in a very healthy, like in a, in a, in a very healthy mindset manner, instead of doing it in a, in a toxic mindset manner of like how I used to be in the past where it was just like, Oh, you do this cause it's an ego thing and boom, 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 you know? And like, you're proving something to yourself. It's like, I have nothing to prove to myself, but to like, just kind of being me. I, and it's a different headspace now. Right. So like, really click back to get going back to the full circle, like the beginning of the conversation of like really getting myself back into that headspace of like being able to turn it on at that given moment. Mm -hmm. Again, like I have five weeks to become operational at the most yeah. basic level. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot, obviously there's a lot we could kind of dive into and sort of unpack there from the kind of the psychological side of things in, in terms of, I mean, it's, but I guess potentially you've kind of you've got other things in your life now. You're not you're not just George the the warrior. The yeah. You've you kind of got three kids and wife and work and all the creativity and stuff like that. So it's I remember we, we were kind of talking about this the other day. It's almost like your your ego is not wrapped up in you are not just George Rick Conrad anymore. You're you're kind of yeah. I'm like, like that's part of you, but you're you're way bigger than that. Yeah. So so um, almost like your I guess your self worth and things aren't completely tied up in in, in that yeah, title correct and, and, uh, and that's you nailed it dude and, and you know it's funny it's like well it's like haven't you been running ultra marathons races for the past four years you've been doing this stuff in the mountains it's like yeah no i have you're right 100 percent um <clears throat> but i didn't i didn't have the mindset i have now like i took a year off of like running races last year like my last 100 mile race was um june of 2019 my long like okay. You know, like my last race I ran was Tahoe 100K where I DNF'd at like mile 40 just because I was like, fuck this. I don't want to run this. I want to go hang out with my wife. I had a, my daughter was six weeks old. Like she, we just drove in fucking eight hours across California. Like, again, I was out chasing something that I didn't know what I was chasing. And like now in this new headspace a year later from like training that way, because in the past, yeah, did I train this way? Sure. But I didn't like train my strength this way. I didn't like have, I guess, the magic or the control of the magic to go ahead and, and put it where I want it to go. Um, if that makes sense, yeah. right? Like that's kind yeah, of the definitely. idea. And now it's like, no, I, I, it's like, no, I'm really in this weird, like I'm really in a good place where it's just like, yeah, I enjoy, I want to run this for a totally different reason now. Yeah. And, and do you think, I mean, th this might be something that's, that's kind of way deeper and harder than we can, we can just unpack in a, in a kind of relatively short podcast. But like, if there's people listening that kind of recognize they're falling into that same mindset that you were stuck in, where like everything they do is about just kind of proving that they can do it and, and winning and things like that. And they want to transition to where you are now. Is, is there any kind of, like, can you offer any advice? Or any kind of insight into, <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a little bit tough, putting you on the spot. No, it's not at all. I mean, I, I think everyone's path is different, dude, right? Like everyone kind of finds that, but I think there's a lot of principles that, you know, are out there that we should be able to kind of attach to and kind of help guide us because they haven't felt us yet. Um, you know, and I see with my good friend Casey, who went from being a professional Muay Thai fighter to living and running his own gym to finding to becoming just a husband. And now he just had a kid just recently. And now he's learning to be, uh, you know, he's learning to be a father, right? So it's like, you know, his his path has been uh, a professional fighter to a fitness coach during those time periods. And still he's been doing it for 20 years, you know, to becoming a husband and then from a husband becoming a father. And it's like, and I think that's the path of like a true warrior's path, right? Like, it, you know, unfortunately, we're not out here fighting every day or doing all those things. But, you know, when you look at those kinds of things, it's like, yeah, you attach yourself to something a little bit bigger, like you said, like, you know, 
yourself fighting or something like that. And, and that's kind of what I happened with me, right? I was a reconnaissance Marine. That's where I was at. So I had to learn how to transition into being George is a civilian who coaches athletes now, and this is who I am. And then it was like, oh, now you're a father. Or no, yeah, you're a father, right? And now it's like I'm learning how to become a husband. And it's like, all right, how do I be able to balance all of those those fears to still allow me to be who I am and like truly feel happy? Like that is kind of, but that's the awareness of, of looking at all those fears. Like when I'm thinking about this, I have these things orbiting around my head right now. Right. Like, yeah. and it's just like, oh, boop, 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 boop. you know, like I went to the gym this morning from 730 to 830 and I scheduled a meeting at 930. And for an, for a good 40 minutes, I played with Sabella. Like I put my phone yeah. away and we just hung out, played outside in this outside in the sun, like played around, did those things, you know, let Savannah have some her time, whatever else. And it was like, all right, cool. Boop, time to go to George to work. Here I am here. Right. And like, and I know that I'm here at work all the way until probably, you know, until the afternoon, until I have to go out and run again in the afternoon. <laughs> And like, there's no saying like, oh, I'm not going to run. No. Like, cause that's used to be, it's like, oh, I was going to run today, but it's like, no, I don't have, I, I, you know what? I'd rather get some work done. I'd rather do this or I'd rather go spend some time with the family. It's like, now it's not about that. It's like, no, I have to go run because I'm, it's not that it's, it's, it's for me. It's like, yeah, I'm doing this. Cause they're like, yeah, is this just like a bigger journey process of being able to go back 10 yeah, years later? Part of the process. Sure. Right. But at the same time though, it's like, there's other people who are, who value and rely on me and respect me and I can't let them down. Right. But ultimately it comes down to where it's not, it's not that I can't let them down. I can't let myself down. Yeah. And, and it's not that I put in that, like that might seem really heavy for some people. Right. But I look at it as the same way as like, I can't let myself being down as a father. I can't let myself like, you know, if I let myself down as being a coach, who else do I let down everyone around me? Right. It's like, if I let down being a good husband, who else did I let that down? You know, it's like all of those things. So it's like, Actually, the pressure of not letting my brothers down in a recon challenge is actually a lot less than letting my fucking letting down my wife or letting down my children or anything else like that. It's no longer the pinnacle of the fucking of the peak. Mm. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks for, for kind of for, for sharing that. I guess to kind of like maybe lighten the mood a little bit um, with the with with kind of again you're getting prepped. Obviously, we know it's not just about the kind of the, the physical; it's not just about the training and things like that. You, you started mentioning earlier with uh, the kind of respect to nutrition and things um because like i've got kind of almost two two bits maybe we can dig into yeah firstly i, I vaguely remember you saying something about like do you have to do, excuse me do you have to I'll put my teeth back in do you have to um do you have to use mres when you're no not for this event so okay. um well they'll have food at eight stations and stuff like that but i can carry like some of my own nutrition on me um, okay. which is cool, right? Like, it's kind of like one of those things, like you carry what you can carry and that's it. You know, it's kind of the way ideas and whatever they have at some of the small little tiny events where they might have like honey and peanut butter and wheat bread with some pineapple, like they have fruit there. Like they've done small stuff like that. Um, yeah. you know, when I ran in 2012, dude, I mean, I carried multiple different water bottles with Endurox. Uh, was it, is it Endurox? It was back in the day. It was like in a carb mix that I used to really enjoy. Um, I carried a bunch of different types of like, um, I had like uh, chia seeds in a water algae pack hooked up to my ruck as I was moving. Like all of these different things, dude, like just in my ruck plus my ruck, like all gear. So like originally I was like carrying like 60 pounds of gear just because I wanted all my like foods. Um, and as I've kind of gotten into ultra racing more, it's kind of taught me to move with lighter. Um, but also have like respect your nutrition as well, right? Like you have to still eat food. You still have to put calories in if you're going to be moving, especially depending on like the effort. And that's kind of what I'm playing around with right now with, um, with the rucking now, because again, it's no longer just my body load moving for 
you know, three hours. It's now me carrying an extra 50 pounds that's causing tension on the system and I'm having to push back, you know? So it's like finding that eating has been really cool too. So this past year, I got to really kind of fix a little bit of like how I've been eating in terms of like how I want my body to be more metabolically flexible, meaning, hey, I want my body to burn fat as its main source of energy and then it utilizes protein and carbohydrates and all the other good stuff for recovery, hormone function and all that stuff. Same thing with fats, but that was it. So whenever I put carbohydrates in during endurance events or whatever else, it would use it as like a super fuel, right? And, and okay. the way I just did that throughout the past year was like I literally, you know, went to eating just pure animal-based products where it was like, all right, I'm just eating, a, you know, this is the way I eat. And realistically, when you eat a pure animal-based product, dose to tail, there's not very much processed carbohydrates. There's not a lot of high sugars in there. Um, and can you find some things with those things? Sure. But at the end of the day, it's like I kind of went that route to where, again, when I was in the mountains, I was moving for five to six hours, at a, you know, at a time at very low heart rates and eating this way. Um, yeah. I was putting down, dude. And again, like some people would like, some people would be like, what the fuck? I was getting down a cup, like eight ounces of milk right? A scoop okay. of protein with, uh, with like, I mean, a dash of fucking heavy cream, Greek yogurt, and a couple teaspoons of honey. I'd mix that okay. up, drink that before going out into the mountain. I could move for three hours before actually getting hungry. Wow. And that was only yes. me holding a heart rate of like a 121 coming, you know, and then like two and a half, three hours in, I would either put in like half a Snickers bar, or I would put in some spring energy and I would like be drinking some water with some redmond salt or some magnesium, something like to kind of balance me out. And I like, I learned a lot last year, like moving that way. Um, and, but I've also learned a lot of like having to move at a heart rate of a 160 for a hundred miles, right. Or 140 for a hundred miles. I've learned how to do that yeah. too. It's where it's like, Oh no, I need to eat. I need to eat a little bit different. Um, but what, I, what I'm finding with now with this, with the rucking and, and like the, the idea of eating, I found that I need, a, I need a mix of both. So I okay. do need more carbohydrates to support my strength training and support the extra load because no longer am I legitimately just endurance training. I'm actually, it's, I kind of look at, I don't, I, I don't know want to key a term, but it's like, it's some kind of like, you know, strength endurance, if you think about it, right? Like 50 pounds of my body, that's, that's one fourth of my body weight. Oh, sure. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah so ultimately, I'm moving with what? 17% of my body weight on my back for three hours. So like yeah. I, yeah. if I do the right numbers, if I can do them like 192, 193, whatever that comes out to, um, that's 50 pounds, right? So it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, okay, cool. I now need to still feel myself carbohydrate wise, but I still need to keep in high fats to allow for my body to maintain as this, this metabolic flexibility and not become carb dependent because again, I want carbs to suit me as a super fuel when I'm utilizing activities, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you kind of like, do you go off feel like you'll eat when you're hungry or do you go like off time? Oh, in the like, mountain when I'm running with the ruck now? Yeah, um, yeah. When I'm running with the ruck right now, what I'm doing is every 30 to 45 minutes, I'm putting anywhere between, okay. um, anywhere between 90 to a hundred, uh, what is it? I forgot how I written down. Let me see. So the spring energies I'll do at 30. I'm sorry. I had it written in my head because I, I usually just I have my, my gels on me when I'm like going and I know which ones are what. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do 150 cows plus 100. So I do 250 cows every 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. 
is what I did. And, that, and that's kind of regardless of the intensity. Or the... So that right now, that's on the ruck, and that's me holding. Um, that's me holding around like a one thirty to a one forty heart rate. Um, okay. around there. I did notice too, though, is like my heart rate starts to spot as I get tired or fatigued later on to the distance right now, my heart rate starts to drift a little bit as I'm climbing. So as it might start, you know, my heart rate might jump to a 130 in the first hour, but by three hours in, like my heart rates jump to a 143 climbing the same mountain. Um, mm, okay. but I found that I can cruise better on downhills and flats in terms of like shuffling. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and, and that kind of strategy, is that what you're planning to do? like on the challenge itself um but that could be different no i'm gonna just try and eat as much food as possible and keep you know okay. keep salt in uh yeah um the goal is to keep salt in the goal is to keep in magnesium the goal is to keep in uh um potassium uh that's that's a lot of what the goal is and then kind of just staying hydrated in terms of like not flushing my system but not letting my system get below that and i can do that i've been carrying a 120 ounce like camel back in the back of me so Again, I'm just being smarter with kind of, I guess it's just for me, I've been doing it quite a bit now. So I'm just trying to like, okay, it's like, well, I'm moving with a heavier external load. I need to intake needs to be up a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose, I mean, I suppose that's kind of the same across the board. It's like, like now that you're, what am I going to, now, now that you kind of, you, you get it, now that you're like, you have a lot of experience, not just doing it yourself, but you kind of, you understand the science behind it and you've had like, practice kind of yeah. coaching it like now you're almost able to to kind of i guess take the formula and just apply it to yourself but i mean I, I like that's i mean that sounds like it should be a really easy thing to do like you've got someone who who's all over everything and gets it completely but like to trust that you've kind of almost done the calculations properly like in, in terms of the training and nutrition and sleep like that's that's kind of a, a cool place to be but i can i can imagine it's a bit Never. At the same time, though, dude, I could be completely, I can be completely fucking it up. And again, <laughs> at the end of the day, like the only, it, the only way I look at it is like again, like is success drawn through the event? Yeah, sure, right. Like everything I did up to that point. But at the same time, though, like I think the getting to the event is just the celebration of the process to it. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. I and, get and to that could well be like you talked about your mindset changing rather than it be all about like. Oh, I've got to come in the top three or I've got to win it. It's now like just enjoying that. Yeah. I've like, like knowing that the process is as important. As yeah. Right. Like, like oh. is literally celebrating the, the amount of magic that I have in my body now to be able to go ahead and do whatever it is I want to do with this ruck on my back and my yeah. teammates. So again, it's going to be cool, man. It's, uh, you know, almost 11 years later, dude, I'm getting ready to run the, run the challenge, you know, is, and I'm, I don't think I'm the first civilian. I think, you know, the civilians that ran it last year and the hero like that, but I'll be the one of the first civilians to run it with another active duty Marine um so like that's really cool you know and again like i said like you know when you know when i got told about you know hey like yeah you're totally cool like we know you're you're not a liability out here we know that you're a fit dude we know that you didn't get out like when you got out you went and sat on the couch or did anything like that's not who you are so you know your name's known and i'm like all right cool like like you've george you've earned this like that's literally the way i look at it it's like no you've yeah, earned this like yeah and it's like, and it's, and, and, but the thing is though, is it just goes to show every time you earn your spot, you have to, you have to go ahead and continue to show that you earn that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's ultimately like that. That's probably what keeps us kind of keep, not keeps us young. That sounds so cheesy and so kind of Disney, but that, I, that idea of like, not, not just kind of like fading away and constantly challenging yourself, like you said, in terms of schoolwork and in terms yeah. of like 
set yourself challenges and goals, like constantly setting things to strive for like, is, is probably really important. It's funny you say that. I know it's that you said it's cliche, but it's true though, dude, right? Like it, I had no, I had no other answer, but okay, I'm going to do this. Like, like, it's like, Hey, go pick your fucking ruck up. You have no, like, that's literally what it was. It was like, go grab your ruck, put it back on and get moving, you know? Yeah. And as much as it would be cool to be like, I want to reenlist and do all those things. Like, I know that's not a realistic thing, right? Like the tattoos on my hands and all those other things. Like, it's just it's not in my cards anymore. And I'm totally cool with it. Uh, so yeah, dude, it's been, it's interesting. I've only been in for about a week and a half of training so far, I guess we can say. Um, and at times I think I'm not doing enough. Then at times I'm like, am I going to do too much and not have me set up? So it's just like, I'm just really trying to be aware of my system, eat as much food as possible, pound as much water and just kind of keep the headspace like really just kind of, you know, and it's, yeah, I'm, yeah. it's going back to the idea of like sharpening my sharpening tools. You know, when we mm -hmm. talked about that pre-show was, you know, I had a conversation with my buddy Adam where I was telling him, I was heading in the pool, you know, and he was conversating. He's like, man, remember that environment, you got to be able to drop it on a dime. And I'm like, dude, yeah, it's like, it's been so long since working in that environment, you know, like you leave it, you're like, oh, you forget, you kind of take it for granted. So, you know, I started practicing a lot of underwater imagery work with like assembling and disassembling a 240 golf machine gun, um, mimicking how that would kind of go, started playing around with like looking at how to do redo call for fire. Cause like some of those skills you haven't touched, you have to sharpen them. Um, you know, same thing with rope knot tying. Like that's a big foundations of ours, you know? So it's just like, man, we do that, you know, on dry land and underwater possibly. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Nerve wrecking. Um, just cause you just get like, it's yeah. just like, boom. And now it's like, all right, cool. It's time to get after it. And like on the grand scheme of things, it's like, who gives a fuck, right? Like who gives a fuck? But at the same time, you're like, well, you know, it's fun. It's enjoyable. And like, I, I love like that I get to go ahead and like get to experience this and that's all it is. And I, you know, I told the wife the other day is like, you know, what did I say? What I, I was like, uh, where did I want to go with that? I was like, why don't we act? Why don't we act like we want to be on earth? Or why don't we, why don't we act like we want to be here on earth more? Uh, like, like, how did I, how did I say that? Oh man, I messed that up, man. I had that flow going so well and I messed it up. <laughs> Not enough coffee. No, I well, actually, dude, I've been doing black tea lately, and it's been amazing. I had a first cup of coffee today for the first time. It's actually yummy. But um, oh, nice. It was like, why don't we? Why? Why? Oh, fuck! I have to think about it. But it was. Well, you. Why you think? I. I just was was going to say thanks. Like thanks for kind of giving such deep insight into sort of where you're going with it and, and things like that. I know you a bit. You weren't too sure whether you wanted to put something like this out, and, and hey, it might not go out. But um, I think it'd be really cool to, to kind of maybe check in with you in a, in a week or so's time and, and see yeah. how this is going, see if you, you kind of, um, like the, the plan you initially set is, is still kind of, yeah. you still on see how you feel. I think it's, it's super interesting. Yeah, man, it's interesting. It's, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. I'm enjoying it. Like I said, if it comes out, it comes out. If it doesn't, who knows? Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, though, that's kind of where it's at. And it's just like enjoying the experience. And going back to yeah. the saying, like I was telling Savannah, I was like, why don't we act like we want to be here on earth? more often like the, the idea of like why don't we act like we want to be here on earth yeah yeah like maximizing your time correct right like that was kind of the idea behind it and it was like you know i i have had to like change that mindset and being like more of like no act like you want to be here on earth yeah right like, yeah like you're here for a reason act like it yeah and no i completely get that and that's really cool. I mean, what a way to, to kind of wrap up an episode. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. So, all right, guys, we appreciate your, t uh, your time and listening to us conversate. And I'm sorry if it was all over the place. Um, but again, at the end of the day, 
looking forward to sharing this if it does come out. And Matt, thanks for leading the conversation, brother. Right, cheers, George. Thanks. Nice.